This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Lots of discussion today about the first part of the documentary Finding Neverland. It aired on HBO last night. And it was, of course, about Michael Jackson. And it contained new allegations against the pop superstar. Allegations that were shocking and disturbing and tough to listen to. And I know because I watched it and I felt all of those things as I was watching it. It essentially alleged that he was a sexual predator who preyed on young boys in his circle that he had around him. Now, the second part of that documentary is going to be aired today, but it has prompted a lot of discussion about uh, Michael Jackson's legacy, about his music, should it even be played on the radio anymore? It has been uh, very contentious, to say the least. We wanted to talk more about it now. So Alan Cross joins us, Global News music commentator and host of the ongoing history of new music on CFOX. Alan, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. That was a tough watch last night, wasn't it? Oh, it really was. Like I felt kind of physically ill at times listening to what those two men had to say. Well, and that's what I keep thinking about today. What do these guys have to lose or have to gain by being so graphic in the descriptions of what happened to them as children in the company of Michael Jackson? And what do you think the reaction to that has been? I know there's been like a fierce kind of um, uh, pushback on it, but overall, how do you think it's been received? Well, I think because we're living in a different era, uh, with Me Too and people like R. Kelly and people like Ryan Adams and people like Harvey Weinstein, it's, there's, there's a different level of tolerance and a different level of believability to hearing victims out when it comes to this kind, these kinds of abuses. We, all our rage and all our anger, all our concern is being amplified by social media. And even though we had known for decades that Michael Jackson was was weird and creepy, I mean, his we called him Wacko Jacko, uh, the guy with the chimpanzee and the elephant man bones and hanging out with Liz Taylor and the hyperbaric chamber and all those things. Uh, There were always hints that he was a weirdo. And I think now we are willing to embrace the facts a little bit more than yeah. we were 15 years ago. I think that's so true. I mean, I watched it last night with my 21 year old daughter and as we're, as it's unfolding, she turns to me and she said, what was the matter with people? Like, how could you not see the clues of what was going on? You know, well, yeah, especially with a parent. I know, parent. I know. And I said to her, I don't know. Like, I guess it was a different time, you know, always having the young boys around. Like, we would definitely look at that differently today than we did 30, 40 years ago. Uh, you know, 100%. Um, now, that being said, let's just put this into a slightly different context. People love forgiveness. They love an opportunity for a comeback. They love to see people have a second act. And you can do just about anything and receive that sort of absolution, except yeah. child, um, child abuse. Uh, there is no walking back from that. There is no excuse for that. There is no redemption from that. You are in that bucket of repulsion for the rest of your life and beyond. Uh, and you cannot, cannot be rehabilitated in the eyes of, of 
the world. Let's take a look at Gary Glitter, who was a big, right. big pop star, glam pop star in Britain in the early parts of the 1970s. And his song, Rock and Roll Part Two used to be a giant sport anthem all over the world. He was since convicted and jailed of on all kinds of pedophilia charges in Southeast Asia. And when was the last time you heard Rock and Roll Part Two at a sporting event? Never. Never. Um, there is another band uh, from the UK called Lost Prophets, who had a lead singer named Ian Watkins. He did some terrible, terrible, terrible things to the baby of an acquaintance, and he's now in jail uh, for the rest of his life. And uh, while the rest of the band was completely innocent, uh, no one ever wants to hear anything from Lost Prophets again because it reminds them of, of singer Ian Watkins, and you don't want to listen or buy or, or, or otherwise indulge anything that would enrich this guy while he's sitting in jail. Um, there are stories that Ryan Adams has had a, has had his songs dropped by a number of radio stations around the world. Uh, there was a story that the BBC had dropped Michael Jackson. That's not true as it turns out, but you have to think that there are radio stations around the planet that are thinking, okay, based on the allegations in this documentary, what do we do with yeah. this music? I wonder about that. Like you personally, is it possible for you to separate the music from what you heard last night? Because I was struggling with that today where I thought, I, I, don't, I don't think I can separate those two I, things. I can't. I, I, I can't. If the allegations are, are what they seem to be, uh, and uh, there is nothing in the testimony that we saw last night that would say to me that those guys were lying, uh, that's it. Um, I'm, I'm done. I don't care if I ever hear another Michael Jackson song ever. I mean, there are going to be those people who say that we need to separate the, the, the person from the art. But, you know, how can you do that? How can you listen to an R. Kelly song and know, yeah. you know, what he's done? How can you listen to uh, a Lost Prophet song knowing what, you know, Ian Watkins has done? How can you listen to a Gary Glitter song? I, it, it, it applies across the board. I mean, my wife won't watch Woody Allen movies anymore. Yeah, I'm with her on uh, that one. We, we can't sit down and watch Kevin Spacey movies anymore. Nope. So it's, it's the forgiveness quotient has, yeah. has dropped dramatically. I think you're so right. I also think it's not something almost like, it's not like something I have to, you have to make a conscious effort to do. It's just something you just feel like, oh man, I can't, I can't listen to this. I can't do this. No, 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 I can't. Because every time I, I hear him sing or, or, or see him dance. I mean, I'm going to think about some of the stuff I saw in this documentary. This this could be, and maybe should be, the death blow to the Jackson estate. Is that why you think they've been pushing back so hard? Absolutely. Um, you know, Jackson will have been dead uh, 10 years ago this June. And in that time, the Jackson estate has turned, has spun his, his legacy into hundreds of millions of dollars of profits. And this is something that they want to keep going, obviously. Because it's, it's a corporation. It's a giant corporation that depends on a squeaky clean Michael Jackson to be, you know, saleable for generations to come. Um, I'm sure that they had um, all kinds of, 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 you know, intentions of making him into the new Beatles in the yeah. sense that, you know, people will be listening to this music forever and ever and ever. Uh, I, I, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, it, it's, you know, if... A lot of his stuff, you know, if it was, the problem is that 
like I said earlier, he was already weird, and now that's we're what ready I was thinking. Ar- he was never squeaky clean, right? Like he was. No. There was always something, whether it was as you said, hanging with the chimpanzees, or uh, there was always something odd. But we tended to go, oh, because because he didn't have a childhood himself, and it was taken away from him. And then as the older he got, I think we all kind of knew deep down there was something else wrong here. Yes, and and it turns out that that we may be right. Um, it's going to be tough to watch part two of this because oh, I can't yeah. imagine it getting any, any more graphic. I mean, really, really. Like, if I'm one of those two guys, and I have to say those words out loud in front so of So brave. Camera, yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, they've got nothing to gain other than to, you know, come forward and say, this is what happened to me, and this is what the world needs to know about the King of Pop. I noticed that as well, because I know that part of the Jackson fans out there were slamming these two men, oh, saying that they're just opportunists, but they actually gained more in their lifetime by defending Michael Jackson than they're going to gain by saying this. Yeah, I guess they'd finally preyed on them that they had been lying or at least deflecting, uh, you know, all the charges, and, and now they're coming clean. Um and, and there's even a, a term for these, these these people who are defending Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson truthers. You know, it's it's I feel that he could not have done this. Therefore, that is my truth. Yeah. And that's something that we see a lot in social discourse today. And do you think this is probably the biggest case like this that we have heard of where we're going to kind of look back now and revise how we felt about and how we feel about that music? Well, it's, you know, he's the biggest selling solo artist of all time, so it doesn't get much bigger than this. However, uh, you know, this could set off a whole bunch of reexaminations of the pasts of, of other people. I mean, we could, I mean, one of the things about the music industry is that it is famous for bad behavior because yeah. bad behavior in many cases was tolerated, if not encouraged. So, you know, we hear stories about David Bowie and, and Mick Jagger having affairs with, you know, 14-year-old girls. We hear about uh, Jimmy Page, who took Laurie Maddox, who was 14 years old at the time, on tour with him. We hear stories about, um, you know, Ted Nugent becoming the guardian of an underage woman just so he could have a relationship with her. I mean, it's, there's a lot of this stuff going on. And it's, it's, it's not acceptable. So, you know, how is there a statute of limitations on this bad behavior? Do people get to change? You know, change? Uh, I don't know. So essentially, it's going to be up to the individual. Essentially, Alan, what you're saying is that there's probably quite a few musicians and stars out there who, who should be a little bit nervous. I think there are. I, I really do think there are. Because if somebody wants to come forward and if somebody wants to you know, pick up the story, you know, you worry too. And I, this is, I don't mean this to be derogatory, but you have ambulance chasing lawyers who may say, okay, you suggested this happened to this guy who are with this guy and he still has a substantial fortune. Well, we should go after him. Right. Or we should, you know, or we should have some sort of out of court settlement. So this doesn't become, you know, a catch and kill type story. Yeah. Given what you heard then last night, what you're probably going to hear tonight for you, does this, is this a fundamental change for you and how you approach the legacy of Michael Jackson? I, I was always uh, sort of iffy on him. Um, and you know, the thing that, when I saw him way back in the day, dangle the baby over the belt. Oh yeah. God, I forgot about that. And that was, I remember that very clearly. And I remember thinking, okay, 
That is so true. I have a feeling a lot of other people are also feeling the same way today, Alan. So listen, thanks so much for the chat about this. Oh, you're very welcome. Be interesting to see what the reaction follow continues to be. It will be. That is Alan Cross, a global news music commentator, also host of the ongoing history of new music on CFOX. We're talking about the documentary called Finding Neverland. The first part aired last night on HBO. The second part airs tonight. And I got to tell you, I've never watched anything that actually made me so ill, like just physically sick, listening to the details of what had happened.